Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why didn't you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, this is John Roca, frequent panelist on Collider Movie Talk. Let's make some mayhem. Shoot and loot your way through a mayhem-fueled adventure in Borderlands 3. Blast through new worlds and enemies as one of four new playable vault hunters, each with deep-skilled trees, abilities, and customization. You've got all new characters, over a billion guns. You can play alone or with friends, and it's available September 13th. You can take on insane enemies, score loads of loot, and save the galaxy from a fanatical threat. Again, mayhem is coming September 13th on PC, Xbox One, and PS4. Pre-order now at Borderlands.com. Rated M for Mature. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Today on a lovely live episode of Collider Movie Talk, we're talking the Russo brothers possibly directing Fantastic Four in the MCU, and maybe Giancarlo Esposito and Jamie Foxx will be in the Batman in prominent roles. All of it we're covering today here on Movie Talk and so much more. Look at that little chop it. Chop it down with a talk. I love it. 
Uh, it's happy Wednesday to all of you here. Welcome to a live episode of Clouded Movie Talk. I'm excited. I'm still here in the host chair. They haven't taken me out just yet. Perry's up there still in the great wide north. She'll be back on Friday to host it. So I got one more day after today. But I know it's Wednesday, right? So it's hump day. You need a little energy. So I brought along these two gentlemen to bring us some energy. That right there is Jeff Snyder. And next to him is the awesome, talented, and one of my favorite people on the planet because he tells it like it is always, Mark Andrego. How are you, Mark? Good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, and Jeff's here too, I guess. Yeah, yeah, right. man, <laughs> what a warm-up for Andrega. <laughs> I love Andrega. What can I tell you? Well, you, 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 know, you are Morris Day opening up for me, Prince and the Revelation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark wrote all your lines, just like Prince wrote them for Morris Day. Uh, well, listen, we want to jump into the first thing. Spurgeon Mark Andrego, who is obviously known for his comic book work. Another comic book thing is the MCU. Jumping into this situation here at if the Russo brothers were at a Q&A and they were asked about what could bring them possibly back into the MCU. I'm going to read you their quotes here. And they answered. Uh, Joe Russo answered first. He said, I grew up on John Byrne's X-Men run. Ben Grimm was a favorite character growing up. The Thing and Fantastic Four is now in the Marvel fold. fold. There's a lot. Silver Surfer is an amazing character. Going really big in Cosmic would be a lot of fun. So there's a lot of things that could attract us. Uh, I think after you go on the journey that we went on, because there is a comprehensive narrative, an overarching story from Winter Soldier all the way to the end game that involves Tony and Cap through Civil War, through Infinity War. I think that scale of ambition and storytelling is a bug that's bit us, and we're compelled to tell more stories on that scale with that sort of years-long ambition to them. And they go on to quote... They There's go on to, more? Yeah, they go Good on Lord. to give love to Kevin Feige and Luis uh, D'Esposito and Victoria Alonso, saying that they've really enjoyed working with them, and look for... And they said that, quote, we'll find something that we can do together soon. All right, Andre, I'll turn to you first on this one. Do, a, is this exciting that the Russo brothers might be directing a Fantas- Fantastic Four movie, which is kind of, It feels like they're slyly kind of saying they'd be interested in it? And B... Do we need them to come back and be part of the MCU now, or do we want to move on? One, I don't know. Nothing that's ever said about Marvel movies is ever off the cuff or accidental. So they might be in talks with them to right. develop it. They might be coming in. They might evolve into the state that John Favreau did at Marvel, where he went from directing Iron Man to being a, cons- a creative consultant and a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they would do a great job. I mean, they obviously know how to work with multiple characters, and having four main characters is a reduction from the... Th- 20 right. they have now. Yeah. Um, but truth be told, since Pe- uh, Peyton Reed is in the Marvel family, he had a pitch years ago when Mar- when uh, FF was at Fox that mm-hmm. was so good. I would love to see him come back and take the Fantastic Four because I think he really, really gets it. That being said, we don't know how they're going to fold them into the universe. Mm-hmm. So that could play into the Russo Brothers' strengths knowing the, co- the continuity. Mm-hmm. But it's a good problem to have that you have a-list directors who are interested in this material. So. Yeah. Well, uh, Peyton Reed also did the Ant-Man movies, right? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? So yeah. what, do you think he's slid into something like Fantastic Four, or would you rather see the Russo brothers kind of take this thing on, Jeff? It, well, it's funny that you mentioned Peyton Reed. Did he come up earlier until just like just now? No, no. Uh, Mark just mentioned oh, okay, him. Okay, like, because he is someone who I was thinking, I would rather ha- have Peyton Reed's Fantastic Four than the Russo brothers' Fantastic really? Four. Really? Well, his yeah. take originally, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and this was years and years ago, almost 20 years ago, was A Hard Day's Night. With the Fantastic Four, they right. were, you know, and that's a way you could do something set in the '60s where they were the super, the only super team, mm-hmm. and then you could do something with a, a, 
the cosmic cube that brings them back now, the same with mutants. But doing it that way seems really interesting because they were the first family. You're right. You know, so, so it would be an origin story in that in that case. An origin story, yeah. Yeah. I think you, I think you need an origin story for them because people don't know what the what the clean version of that origin is. We've mm-hmm. seen the the messed up versions from both times they've tried to launch the film franchise. Yeah. It's a bunch of people it's today it's Elon Musk. He builds a rocket, he takes his family up, they get exposed to radiation, they get powers. Yeah. That's crystal clear. I don't need my skin turning to metal and all that nonsense they did in the other movies and all that. I think, and by having the negative zone, that could be part of the quantum universe. Right. There, I make sense that the Russos would take this if they're going to fold this directly and super fast into the MCU continuity. Yeah. If they take an off the beaten path look with it, like Peyton did with Ant Man, mm-hmm. I think this material lends itself to being a little bit lighter. Yeah. Uh, well, I could see the Russos doing that, A, because like they mentioned in their uh, responses here, Joe did, that they are attracted to the more cosmic area of things. You know, they brought us out into the cosmic universe with everything with Thanos. So that's what they're existing. I'd, be, I'd hesitate to give another uh, branch of a massive franchise to the same director, right? Peyton is always going to caught up with Ant-Man and all the good wasp. That's got a rich history in itself. I would hesitate to start. But Russos, they built with the Captain America thing. But now the Captain America story is done. They can just focus on Fantastic Four. Peyton will be after focusing on both, and I well, think that concerns. They have yet to confirm a third Ant-Man movie, right? Right. Well, yes. is, isn't James Gunn doing the same thing with Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy? Those are 3? two different franchises and two different uh, uh, companies. Who, ca- who cares what the company is? I mean, if he can handle those two, why couldn't Peyton Reed handle Ant-Man three and Fantastic Four? Yeah, you you want to see the? You want to see why I would want Peyton? to do a Fantastic Four movie. One, watch Bring It On, which is a movie that you have no expectations Mm of, a Kirsten Dunst summer comedy about cheerleading that is one of the best comedies of that decade, a charming movie that exceeds what it should be, and Down Down With Love. Mm -hmm. I mean, hell, there's Reed and Sue right there. Get Renee and uh, Ewan right there. I got no problem with Peyton Reed if they go mm-hmm. with Peyton Reed, I wouldn't have an issue with it at mm-hmm. all in terms of uh, his talent or his ability. Certainly, my thing is I don't know if Marvel wants to hand when well, he's already currently in one se- se- section of the franchise. Does he want to go off into another branch of the franchise? Well, that's, where he, that's where he started, though. That was his original right, thing. Right, he, right. So right. I think but he really didn't. Ideally, they bring in new filmmakers. I want to see Fantastic mm-hmm. Four movie from someone who's never done a comic book movie before. I don't necessarily want Peyton Reed or the Russo brothers. I'd mm-hmm. rather have Reed, but yeah. I, the Russos need to get f- keep focus on this movie Cherry. Okay, You're, the the End Game stuff is over. Okay. Your M- and they've MCU got a lot of stuff, stuff in production with their company. Yeah, yeah. like they've focus got a on, of, on right. those movies. And we don't next want them to become Guillermo effort. del Toro and announce that they're attached to every project and right. never make any of them. But I well, agree. I, I hear I hear that. I hear your under, your uh, your uh, concerns. But to answer the original question, yeah. I think we could do far worse than to have the Russo brothers come on board. Well, I think they would do sure. a fantastic, no pun intended, a fantastic job with the material. My, my pushback to what you guys are saying, and I totally respect you want to have a new voice in there, is we tried that with Josh Trank, that messed up terribly. That was Fox. That was, that's, Fine, that's different than having the Kevin Feige The factor. thing is, I think they want to get it right. And to get it right, you got to find the you got to get the per- people that you trust with a great track record. I think the Russo brothers have that track record. And if you're going to get it right, then nail it on the first time out. And then at that point, maybe you can hand it off to well, another director to take and over also, from there. But at all- least you got it right, and you trust your kind of your veteran team. And I believe Kevin or someone from Marvel has said it's going to be a good five years before yes. FF or X Men. Right, because they can't get another bite at this apple mm-hmm. with the Fantastic Four. They're going to have to make sure that it works and, and is, you know, they can kick the tires on it and it stands up in, right. in the Marvel Universe. But they made Captain Marvel make a 
$1.2 billion, sure. so I don't have any doubts there, that Kevin can continue his magic. Mm, yeah. But they need there needs to be some cooling off time, I think, for both of those franchises before they reinvent, reinvent them. Absolutely agree. There's no doubt that the Russo brothers know what audiences want and deliver those things, mm-hmm. and you know they've directed the biggest movie of all time, but I still don't know what they are as directors. Mm. And until I see this movie Cherry with Tom Holland, where they still haven't landed a female lead for it yet, and God knows they've been looking for a while... I just don't know how to judge them as, as storytellers until I see something outside of the MCU. Are you? I don't what? understand that. Are you what? being snobby now by, by by saying that that you can't judge them as story? They told excellent stories within the framework of the MCU. What are you talking about? Captain America's story I, I, is one I of the most Endgame. grounded, gritty. I liked Endgame uh, tough, and I liked stories. Winter Soldier, but Infinity War was a horrific movie. Horrific. You're, you're saying Infinity War is horrific? horrific. Are you in what? Horrific! Oh my god! Uh, would you like to weigh in on this? Do you think? Did you nope. think Infinity War was <laughs> horrific? Nope, <laughs> nope. No, I, I do understand what Jeff is saying because a lot of the, the Marvel movies all have a certain similar look to them, right? That I don't know necessarily what the Russo brothers' directing personality is. When you say Steven Spielberg, you say Tarantino or Spike Lee, you instantly have a look of a movie. I know the work that they've done and the work mm-hmm. they have done is great, but I haven't seen anything that's deeply idiosyncratic of this since they did Welcome to Collinwood, since okay. they started out. So it would be nice to see, I do agree with I Jeff, mean, on less hyperbolic you, you, terms, that they should do some more personal stuff and, 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 and let us know what their voices are. If you were a are. big community fan, then you might have a bigger, a better idea of who the Russo brothers were. Yeah. I didn't really watch community, so I'm just going off the big screen work and it looks like all the other big screen work that Marvel does. So you're saying Black Panther is the same as Infinity War? You're saying there's there's no difference? It's it's correlative? I'm saying that the filmmaking in Black Panther is way superior to anything the Russo brothers have done. Yes. Okay, so so he is able, Ryan Coogler was, within the framework of the MCU to create something individualistic. Yes, and so is James Gunn, and the Russo brothers have not. You're saying the Russo brothers have not done that? Yes. In the Captain America trilogy. Even Taika Waititi has. All those movies have a voice. Guardians of the Galaxy has a voice. Black (sighs) Panther has a voice. And, uh, and and the other one uh, that I just said has a voice. No. Um, uh, Captain Ragnarok. America has a voice questioning the idea of government overreach and controlling our lives versus what we were supposed to be standing no. for. I'm going to split, split the difference okay. here. I think that you're both right in the sense that the Russo brothers came on to the Avengers ship after it had been established. So... Th- that that world, the visuals oh, you mean of that because, world, of Joss because of the Joss Whedon right, stuff, because right. there was another Captain America movie, and somebody else had done Thor, and somebody else had done this, right, and that. Joe and there was all that other stuff. So they weren't. This isn't an insult that they don't have personalities, directors. Mm-hmm. I met the guys; they're lovely it's, it's guys. Not it's an authorship. I, I would it's like a sense to. Of I would like to see. I would like to see something that feels distinctly them. Because I agree with Jeff. I don't know necessarily what their directorial voice is. Okay. They I, did you, a masterful job with those movies, but. The format already... It's like coming in to direct the fourth episode of a TV series. Right. The well, pilot's already set up the rules. I, I, yeah, so I get that. And that's not an insult to no, them no, no. at all. I get it, absolutely, because they, st- they took it and elevated it. Oh, so absolutely. You, you know, it's like The Rock coming into the Fast and Furious franchise. That thing was going straight to, vi- straight to video, straight to DVD, if it wasn't for The Rock. The Rock comes in, puts new energy, and takes it to the next level, spins off and does his own thing. Pretty incredible. But I think the Russo brothers deserve an incredible amount of credit for what they were able to do to expand it and make it work with that many characters, go out into space, and 
and still not lose the grounded human stories within these characters. So I think they deserve a little more credit than just like they just took would be over nice and did a nice job with it. No, I don't, I, I'm not saying I mean that, him. But I, I would like to see them build something from the ground up, yeah. be involved in the, the, the original genesis of things because I think they've obviously got the goods. Anybody that can make that climactic scene of Endgame work when you have right. 900 characters, practical effects, CG, blue screen. Yeah. None of those people were ever on the set the same day and it makes sense and you know where you are in space. Yeah. They are very talented directors. I, but to echo what Jeff said, I want to see something that's personal from them. I want to see more yeah. of them exposed in their movies. But I think they could still do it in oh, Fantastic they, Four, they, couldn't they? They potentially could, yeah. yeah. Get sure. on the ground up. Listen, they stuck the landing on Endgame, and, and they do deserve credit for and that. And Infinity but... War. People were emotional at the end of Infinity War. That, that's on them. <laughs> okay, Jeff. All right. All right, let's move on to some questions here before we jump into some stuff here. Uh, Dorian says Brad... Oh, Jesus Christ, Dorian. Dorian says Brad Bird should direct it. Duh, he already a, did. He already did. It's called The Incredibles, Dorian. He already did it. And is anybody going to give Brad Bird a $200 million movie <sighs> after Tomorrowland? Yeah, yeah, right. After Tomorrowland, Brad. <laughs> That was bad. Zeno Hour, how about Noah Hawley for Fantastic Four X-Men? He made Legion and worked on a Doctor Doom before the Disney slash Fox sale. Also, there's buzz around Lucy in the Sky. Marvel loves heat. I guess, but I don't think, I think his stuff, he has yet to show something that has a lightness of touch and a comedic part to it. Mm. His stuff is very serious. I don't want to see the Legion version, Legion X-Men version right. of the Fantastic Four. You don't want to have I don't want to see dark. I want to mm-hmm. see, I, and maybe it's because of the times we're in are so negative right now. I want to see the positivity. Yep. I want to see the first family be the first family. It doesn't mean I want it to be pratfalls and fart gags, but I don't want it to be angsty, navel-gazing stuff. We, that, that, that's, and that's not who the Fantastic Four is. That's the X-Men. Mark, I think you make a great point. I absolutely agree. As a different color to the spectrum in the MCU, what do you say? Noah Hawley? Have you even watched Legion? Uh, I, I I didn't really like Legion. I watched oh, the first Jesus. couple episodes and couldn't get into it, but I love Fargo and think it's brilliant. And yes. I'll let you know tomorrow after I see Lucy in the Sky what I think of Noah Hawley as a feature director. Fair enough. Um, I think he would be super interesting, and, and I am yeah. curious about what his Doom script looked like. Um, but M- Mark is right. Like, I mean, I think that Fargo has a sense of humor, but it, as far as a lightness of touch, I, I don't know if that's Hawley. The him. one thing Noah Hawley did that he did have some lightness of touch was was his very first TV show, I believe, when he was on Bones. He came yeah. in Bones, which was a very sort of 80s heart-to-heart feel procedural mm-hmm. that had a lightness of touch and a sense of comedy and stakes in it. So if if that Noah Hawley comes up, yes, mm-hmm. but the Noah Hawley of recent it tends to be a little bit more dark, and I just don't yeah. think I don't think they tried that a little with the Josh Trank they one, really and did. it's just you don't mix onions and chocolate. Mm-hmm. They're great flavors on their own, but they don't necessarily need to mix. So I would like to see someone, you know, who would be a per- would have been a perfect director back in the day, Chris Columbus at the height of his directing. You know, back mm. in the late '80s, early '90s. You I mean, Home Alone, Chris Columbus. Home Alone, Chris Columbus. Home Alone. Not Harry Potter, Chris Columbus. Um, well, I wouldn't want Harry. Well, Potter, that's Columbus. that's a whole other Harry Potter's okay. a whole other monolith. That's <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But uh, but someone like that, even a Ron Howard back in the '80s yeah. or '90s, like Ron, taken, Parenthood, Ron Howard doing a Fantastic Four movie, I think could be perfect. That's a great point. I would have taken a Penny Marshall Fantastic Four. That oh. would have been phenomenal yeah. to see what you could do with what that. About a Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, Fantastic Four has to go dark though. If you put in Jordan Peele, it's not gonna be lighthearted and family. Why? Stuff. He's key, he's key and Peele. Show me, show me the last film he's directed that was lighthearted and, and yeah, it doesn't I work. Mean, th- th- there is humor in Get Out. Mm, yes. Sure. All right. All right. Let's move on to these two comments here from Luis Enrique de la Peña. With Jeff and Andreco on, it's like Roca has both an angel and a devil on each side of his shoulders. That's for sure. Which uh, is which? Yeah, good question. Depends on the time of day, I think. Depends or on how many night. drinks you get us. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, is there another? I don't want to get in trouble. Is there another genre you both would like to see the Russo brothers take on? I have a self-serving interest in okay. this one. 
I wrote a graphic novel years ago with Brian Michael Bendis called Torso, and it's about Elliot Ness in Cleveland, Ohio, fighting a ser- one of the first serial kills in the I country. I need to read this. The Russo brothers are Clevelanders. I would like to see a very Cleveland story handled by them because they've shot so much stuff in Cleveland. You know, right. most of the, a lot of the Avengers were shot in Cleveland. Yep. A lot of the Sokovia stuff was actually old buildings in Cleveland. I would love to be able to, in a purely selfish level, have two writers from Cleveland, two directors from Cleveland, bring a project back to Cleveland that's mm-hmm. about Cleveland. Well, so on a completely like self-serving level, yeah, that. But otherwise, I would love to sit do a musical. Yeah. Oh, a musical would be interesting. <laughs> because they juggled, oh. they juggled so many different parts mm-hmm. in those Avengers movies and so much stuff going on. In the cho- they're basically choreographed movies. That yeah. last final scene is a Busby Berkeley scene with no music. Sure. I would love to see them do a big Technicolor MGM widescreen musical. Probably end their careers because no one really wants to see those except me, but I think they would be fantastic on a musical. Man, hey, look, Greta Showman made over $400 million worldwide, so don't tell me there's not a market for it. And to correct Dorian, who tried to jump in here and say Keanu with Jordan Peele, Jordan Peele was in Keanu he didn't direct Keanu. There's a difference here, Dorian. Peter Atencio directed Keanu. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, some plugs. I, I don't here. get to answer the Russo right, sure, brothers fine. question. You, you haven't said enough about the Russo brothers. Go ahead. I mean, uh, first of all, I'm looking forward to Cherry, which is a crime movie. I want to see their take on a crime mm-hmm. movie. But also, how about a big studio comedy? The studio comedy is dying. Guys like Adam McKay have moved on to you know more mm-hmm. serious matters. I'd like to see the Russos get back to their roots and make a studio comedy with all this. Big now they have all these connections to every big star in Hollywood. Yeah, that would be nice because there have been so many good studio comedies in recent memory that haven't succeeded. Yep, because there's too much big tentpole stuff that I yep. would love to see someone that they could say from the directors of the Avengers Endgame. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's certainly possible. All right, let's move on here. We got some plugs to jump into. Uh, well, after that, we'll talk about Giancarlo Esposito and Jimmy Fox, possibly in the Batman A movie talk. This show that you're watching now, we're moving to the mornings starting on September 16th. Perry Nemiroff has something to say about it. Let's take a look. Hey guys, it's Perry here to let you know that Movie Talk is moving. We've had a great time in this 3 p.m. Pacific slot, but guess what? We want you to start your day with Collider Movie Talk, so we're moving. 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to get a longer show with some brand new segments. So tune in starting Monday, September 16th, 9 a.m. Pacific. See you there. Look at Perry wearing a short sleeve shirt in Toronto when it's cold as hell. Respect, Perry. Respect. Got that New York jeans in there. Uh, second thing is we've got a lot of TIFF. Speaking of Toronto, we've got a lot of TIFF coverage here on Collider.com and on Collider videos. So you can check all that out there. A lot of reviews, a lot of articles discussing what happened to the best of and the worst of TIFF are up there. So there's a lot to discover on Collider.com and Collider video. Go and spend your afternoon after you watch the show or your evening taking a look at all that stuff. Uh, and there's some Jeff Snyder articles as well, but you can probably skip over those. All right, let's move on to our next story to talk about here, and that is a Jeff Snyder. I don't know if it's exclusive, but Jeff Snyder kept me to this story that the possibility that Giancarlo Esposito and Jamie Foxx are in in the contention for some very serious roles, or major roles, rather, in the Batman series, the one that Matt Reeves is doing with Robert Pattinson. Uh, there are already rumors that Vanessa Kirby is being looked at for Catwoman, especially on the heels of Hobbs and Shaw. How could you say no to that? But there's rumors that Giancarlo Esposito is being looked at for what, Jeff? What do you got? This was the deal. 
Okay, here we go. Uh, yeah, you know, initially, and um, if you listen to the latest episode of the Snyder Cut podcast, I'd heard some Herschel Ali rumors. Mm-hmm. I mean, makes sense. Guy's got two Oscars. Look at what the Bond franchise did. They went out and got themselves a two-time Oscar winner in Christoph Waltz. Yep. Uh, Mahershala, at first I thought he was up for the Riddler, but it turned out I think he was up for the Commissioner Gordon role. Uh, now, then the Blade thing happened this summer, so I, I don't know if that took that took him out of contention for mm-hmm. Jim Gordon. Probably got him a couple uh, extra zeros on his paycheck at Marvel. That's and, for sure. And, and listen, I, I still ha- don't know what is going on with the Jim Gordon role, but it sounds like they're at least open to hiring an actor of color. Okay. Uh, I'd heard Giancarlo Esposito's name floated around. I mean, he's got, uh, what is it, The Mandalorian? He's yes. in that one. So Somebody's like, been shot. Right, exactly. So he's in this big Star Wars property. He's in Breaking Bad, one of the greatest shows of all time. Like, you know, he, they, they want him in these tent poles to, mm-hmm. to you know, because he's a great character actor. I haven't heard the Jamie Foxx thing, but yes, yeah, some of the other, uh, some, you know, blogs, I guess, have, have put together Fox and uh, Esposito. I yeah. think that they've mentioned them for the Riddler. I could see Jamie Foxx, and, and particularly like the Jamie Foxx from who's homeless and a little crazy from the Soloist. I could see him being the Riddler. I don't see him as a Gordon. I think Esposito would make a good Gordon. I, I, I don't think Jamie Foxx will be playing the Riddler. He played that in Amazing Spider-Man Two, basically. Yeah, I, I think and I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, and I, 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 don't, yeah. I don't think all those comparisons were justified. But if I were his people, I'd be like, No, you're not playing right. that part. It's, you're setting yourself up to be p- pilloried. I could see him as uh, Commissioner Gordon. I could also see John. Carlos Bezito as Alfred. I was just going to say that. But are, we, but are we in a time now where a predominantly white studio will be afraid to cast a butler as the a person butler. of color? I think someone like Jim Carlos Bezito I think, I think he traction. transcends race. Yeah. I think he'd be a. Fa- you know who else he'd be fantastic? Look at those cheekbones. He'd be a great Joker. Oh, yeah. He'd be a fantastic he's, Joker. He's played some crazy, whacked out mm-hmm. characters. So you don't uh, see him as Gordon? You don't think that would work? I, I, I think it would work. Yeah, sure. I would rather see him as Alfred. I, th- I think he's got a more centeredness and a mm-hmm. more calm energy mm-hmm. that I think he could anchor a, a, a very young Robert Pattinson Batman. And Absolutely. Robert Pattinson is a really good actor, and he plays unease very well. I think that he feels more of a, an Alfred than a Gordon to me. Okay. I, I agree. I think so, too. I have, I have that, that vibe as well that I could see. I could see him playing either Alfred or Jim Gordon, mm-hmm. depending on how they want to go about it. I could see. I think he's done British accent, accents before in movies, so it wouldn't be unbelievable to see him do it. Jamie Foxx would be more of a stretch for Gordon. I don't know where you'd put Jamie. I don't know if he's playing maybe, maybe Raz al Ghul, maybe oh, something I think, he, something I think Jamie Foxx would be a great Gordon because you he's so? younger. If, if you're going younger with, you, with Batman right. and this, as we had with Jamie, I mean, he's yeah. still in his 50s. He's mm-hmm. not spring chicken, but he's right. also not old the way they portray him in the comic book. Mm-hmm. I could see him being he just got this job and he's got to deal with this. He, someone of him of his caliber opposite Pattinson, they could be playing mm-hmm. the same emotions experience, filtered through two different experiences. There's a nice, yeah. nice uh, complementary thing of the two of them playing those parts. I think he could be really well. Because he's an underrated actor when he, when he plays small. You watch Collateral. He's got... Oh, he's great he's, Collateral. I, want to, I don't want to see him play the big villain. I want right. to see him yeah. play a guy with gravitas. Yeah, when this, he... This is why Mark Andrejko is a comic book writer, yeah. by the way. Good stuff, Andrejko. When Go he goes ahead. too big, Jamie can uh, push the realms of uh, believability. Yeah. When he goes small, you're right. That's where he's most. Look at uh, look at Baby Driver. I enjoyed the hell out of him in Baby Driver, and of course Ray to a smaller extent. Of course, people have their feelings about Ray. Whatever you feel, I thought he's fantastic. But there are other roles he's done where it's too much about Jamie Foxx, and at times you can see it. It kind of strains the limits of believability. But with the smaller stuff, it's possible. So a, a more quieter Jim Gordon, where he's more restrained, that could be very, especially with his voice and that look, can go into a lower register. And look at the company. way the world is today with Black Lives Matter and yeah. that having a black com- police commissioner in one of the most corrupt cities in the United States in the world the way it is yeah. 
there's a burden on minorities when they get these high-profile jobs. Great point. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff for an actor to play. Yeah. Not just superhero stuff and villains. Lots of character stuff. Yeah. You know, it's almost like he's almost Gordon could almost be Serpico in this movie because he's an outsider almost as much as Batman. Right. Can you imagine? In Chicago, if they had a black male police chief? Yeah. Well, I, I think a black Commissioner Gordon would be great for this movie. I do, too. Yeah. Whether they go with a black butler, I, I don't know. Whether that butler has to be British, I don't know. Um, but obviously, two really good actors. Yeah. Uh, if this, if these are the choices, at. it's a win-win. This is not a Sophie's choice here. This is, oh, we've got either one is a win. I agree thoroughly. And what Jeff mentioned earlier, the possibility of Maharsha Ali being involved, it tells you where Matt Reeves and WB are focusing, what kind of level of actors they want to bring into this situation, into this franchise. And one last bit. Yeah. Remember, Jamie's attached to play Spawn. Spawn right? Yeah. So he might, I'm thinking based on the circumstantial evidence we have in front of us, I'm mm-hmm. thinking he's probably going to be Gordon. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, well. he would leave that Spawn movie in a heartbeat, though, don't you think, if he got offered? It's one of the few you black know, like, superhero characters out there, and yeah, they get yeah. to reinvent it, and because it's a low budget he's going to be have a lot of say in it so mm-hmm. he doesn't okay. need, he doesn't need the money i don't think so yeah. i think it's something he wants to That's do fair. as a passion project so we'll i see. agree they really well want to get Andrew. if they're if, if any if they make good movies i don't care who's in them mm-hmm. i just want good movies yeah <laughs> don't we all and i think i agree with you uh, uh this there's a certain level of responsibility to take it on spawn because it is one of those rare uh, it's a tough property to crack yeah well-known black superhero characters that it transcends, you know what I'm saying? And so that's the thing. Black Panther's fantastic, but it wasn't like everybody had Black Panther co- uh, co- uh, comics. It w- Black Panther, the movie, brought it more to the forefront, like Thor, like Iron Man. It's not necessarily these leading uh, figures. Spawn, very much on the image side, was one of the leading guys uh, there, and it's fantastic. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, there'll be more stuff uh, coming down the pike and, and casting announcements. When is uh, that supposed to start filming? Have they said uh, June 25th. I was just going to say, it's supposed to, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to release June 25th, 2021, and so I was going to end this thing, but I don't know when this supposed to start so shooting before the end of the year probably yeah probably by by uh, december of 2019 or at least early 2020 what do you think yeah I don't know. Oh, okay. I guess if it doesn't the Russo Brothers, you don't know much. Jesus Christ, Jeff Snyder. Uh, another thing to give you a little uh, uh, love here is that there are more possible casting announcements coming really, really soon. I think as as Mark points out, they've got to start shooting really soon if they're going to hit their target date. So we've got to start casting up this film. Is it going to be long Halloween? I don't know. But there's rumors about Robin. There's rumors about multiple villains involved in this thing. So if they're going the long Halloween route, it excites me that there's, this is the kind of actors they're looking for. There's rumors at. about Catwoman. Those rumors. Those that's what are heating up. Vanessa Kirby. Is that what you, is, that's what I'm hearing. What are you mm, hearing? No, that, that's not the rumor. Well, what are you hearing? What can you say? All right, fine. I was throwing it out there. I mean, Jesus. Rebel Wilson. Um, <laughs> well, no. I, She's the, already playing the cat. cats. Yeah, it's Taylor Swift. The that's rumor was that they were going after a black cat woman as really? well. Um, oh, a little Eartha Kitt action. I like it. Someone had mentioned Rihanna to me, which I do not oh, believe. Oh, Rihanna? Maybe uh, in a video. But but Janelle Monet uh, was one that, that Ooh, sounded a lot more realistic. Ooh. She'd be great. I like Janelle Monet. She hasn't really cashed in yet. Sonal Lathan would be great. Guys, is no. there rumors that no. Jennifer Lopez on no. the heels of this Hustlers buzz? Is there any rumors she could slide in? Be <laughs> Jennifer Lopez is never going to play a non-title character in a movie. All right, fair enough. I don't know why. We'll see. Uh, all right, let's move on to some uh, of your chat. Oh, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Geeks Worldwide. They were the ones that put the exclusive tag on that story. So yes. don't want to say we're not giving you credit. Geeks Worldwide, definitely. Uh, and let's move on to some of these chat questions here from you all, the fans who are watching us, watching us now. Dorian sent them to me here. Uh, Ignacio Padilla says, what's your most underrated movie of the year? Has to be Booksmart, don't you think? No. Uh, no? I, think, I think Longshot I, for underrated. me. Oh, Longshot, okay. 
yeah, long shot's a good answer. I might, I might say late night. I thought late night kind of just came and went, and, okay. and I really liked it. Yeah, I think long shot is a spectacular romantic yeah, comedy. Terrific. Okay. Uh, I saw it three times. Uh, yeah, I, I, I say it's it's super bad meets the American president. It, I'm not a huge Seth Rogen. Yeah, fan. Um, I it's it'll easily be on my top ten of the year list. Moving, it is I, on my top ten right now. I like Seth. I just didn't think. Schlubby guy going after beautiful woman. It was a standard cliche in Hollywood. Yeah, but it, it wasn't a cliche. Sense. It made it sense. Made there sense. was the babysitter. Right. They made all that work for me. All right. I'm yeah, saying, I'm saying this was my reaction to it. I'll watch because it. his character throughout the movie was just as shocked as we were that she was interested in He treats in her like a normal person, whereas everyone else treats her like this, you know, delicate mm-hmm. flower. Uh, yeah, okay. I liked it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. It's sort of a um, role reversed Notting Hill in that way. Good sure. Gender reversed. I will defend Notting Hill till I'm dead. Uh, Ragu Theremin asks, I think Giancarlo Esposito would be a good Lucius Fox. Possibly. That'd be a good Lucius Fox. Yeah. You step in the heels of, uh, of uh, uh, Morgan Freeman here. Steve Calderon, I also read Matt Reeves is looking for a non-white actress for Catwoman. Who would you cast? For me, I would love Mexican actress uh, uh, Isaac Elza Gonzalez. Isaac Elza Gonzalez, Gonzalez. She, she's very... Yeah. She's a baby she's driver, right? She's got it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I just don't know you know, how, how great an actress she is. Okay. Like Michelle Fiverr was not only gorgeous and everything and sexy. Right. But she's a great actress. I rewatched Batman Returns this weekend. She would have. She should have my favorite. She would have gotten an Oscar nomination if that movie came out today. But yes. oh, they yeah. were, yes. she's she's phenomenal in that film. She really is. You know, I would love, and if we can go back in time thirty years, I think Grace Jones would have been an awesome Catwoman. Because I'm going to kill you, darling. Cra- she's yeah. crazy and tough. And she is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Crawford. What about Willem Dafoe as Alfred? Just got done working with Robert He's Pattinson. He's played in that the already in okay. Aquaman. Okay. He's played Alfred yeah, as, underwater. As the, counts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Joker in a Dark Knight Returns movie, yes, but no, I don't need to see restrained, buttoned-up Willem Dafoe. You just sent my head into a tailspin. That would be awesome. Willem Dafoe as Joker in Dark Knight Returns. What about Cody Smith McPhee as Robin? I don't know who. Th- where's he from? He was the kid in, the, in Nightcrawler. Lenny. Oh, that kid. Oh, yeah, okay. I he's liked him. super tall, though, now, isn't he? Tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's tiny. Skinny. He's skinny, okay. I mean. Uh, J. Scott Friel says, how does the panel feel about Linklater's long-term project with Beanie Feldstein? Oh, the musical, the uh, Merrily We Roll Along that he's going to film over 20 years? I hope I'm alive when it's done. <laughs> Because it is either going to so be, I, it is either going to be as revolutionary as Boyhood, yeah. or it is going to be the Heaven's Gate of pretentious <laughs> film. There, there's no way that film is just okay. okay. It's either going to be life changing, good, or life changing, bad. I will give him the benefit of the doubt because I will die on the hill that Boyhood was robbed of the best picture that year. Wow. Uh, and I'm not a huge fan of his. I was going to say like, I don't like all his movies, but Boy, strike me as a big Boyhood is a Boyhood. I think is a, is an okay. amazing piece of work. I think it's ambitious. I hope the I hope they have backup actors if any of them die. <laughs> I mean, those are these are things you have to think about. Certainly, Mark, you you're do. making us think so about it. The levels of insurance, the levels of contracts, the yeah. levels of you can't get tattooed. I mean, it's going to be crazy. If it works, it will work. And okay. he's, the, he's one of the few people audacious enough that I think he can do this and make this sincerely and not just for. A, yeah, a, a, a headline. I interviewed Linklater after um, uh, what's the last one? The flags one. Or, uh, last flag flying. Last flag flying. I loved interviewing him. Such an incredibly awesome dude and very nice guy. And so hopefully maybe. Oh, he's smart as a whip. He is. So, yeah. say, I think such he, a warm energy. I think if anybody can pull this off, it's him. Yeah. I would never want to attempt this. Though. And respect <laughs> for Beanie to jump onto the situation too. She well, doesn't have to. But she's she's phenomenal. That's what I'm saying. She's 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 so versatile and so yeah. good. I. 
I hope she gets remembered at Oscar time for um, Booksmart. For Booksmart yeah. We'll see. Uh, one last. Oh, do you have anything about the link letter of Feldstein? I mean, not, 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 not really. Um, okay. I, th- I think that he chose two solid actors in, in Beanie Feldstein and, and Ben Platt. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like Jenner uh, from, from Everybody Wants Them mm-hmm. and American Animals. I just, like, I wonder if he's still going to be around 20 years from now. Yeah. Or if he's going to be the guy who was, hey, remember, you know, the guy who was in those movies 20 years ago? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Supergirl's ex-husband? We'll see. <laughs> and we're about to see, we're about to see Ben Platt in, uh, what's it, the politician, Netflix series, Politician, politician uh, which Andrew has some strong feelings about. All right, let's move on to... Chris Robinson's question, he says, which director do you think has the single best filmography ever? I'll go Scorsese. That's what he says. Best filmography ever. Director. Best filmography ever for mm. a director. Whew. Um, Ang Lee. Good choice. Billy Wilder. Okay. Um, the Coen brothers. Yeah. Yeah. What do There's you got, Jeff? Fincher, Tarantino. Hitchcock, Kubrick. Okay. I go Fincher, definitely. I'll throw Kurosawa in there. It's tough to find a bad Kurosawa film. Uh, and uh, absolutely go along with you with uh, uh, Coen Brothers uh, and Tarantino as well. Uh, enjoy them. Um, uh, last question. Uh, Luis, you got another one in here. Luis Enrique de la Pena asks, if Matt Reeves' Batman is successful, would they continue with a Man of Steel sequel with Cavill or recast? Well, everybody who watches this show knows how I feel about Henry Cavill. So put him in everything. Yeah. Um, I, but besides the fact that I think he's the hottest person on the planet, I do think he deserves a happy, positive Superman movie. I think he's earned it. He's mm-hmm. played the glimmers we've seen of him be pl- happy in those movies yeah. show that he he's not gotten to play Superman fully formed yet. And I would love to see him play that part. Okay. I, 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 I don't know who he would recast it with. Do you I, think it's happening, though? Do you think Cavill would do this? That's the question. I think he would absolutely do it. Okay. I, think, I think the whole announcement about the, 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 they were considering him for James Bond and stuff, I think that's all a lot of posturing by publicists and mm-hmm. agents and lawyers. Very rarely do actors play any part in the announcements that are made. It's all, it's all contract contractual stuff. I think he'd be up for it. I think mm-hmm. you know the interviews I've seen with him, he takes the role pretty seriously yep. and, 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 and the responsibility of the part. Yep. And uh, I... I I just like looking at him. I'd be up for it. <laughs> I, I really like Henry Cavill's Superman. I think it's something he would do, but I don't get the vibe that it's something DC and Warner Brothers are, are jumping to do. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's just kind of like part of this Justice League you know, iteration of, of that property that they kind of need to move on from. I mean, I know they have Aquaman and Wonder Woman, and they're, they're not going anywhere. But, yeah, with, with Affleck no longer Batman, I feel like it may be time for another Superman if they want to do another uh, yeah. solo And we movie. don't know if the Pattinson, where the Pattinson fits in. Right. I do know that DC has been saying, and especially with the accolades that the Joker has been getting, they're more interested now in making standalone movies that are good movies that might complement each other as opposed... Yeah. Because what Kevin Feige did is lightning in a bottle. Yeah. He, you know... That is a monumental achievement. We're never going to see anybody, a producer, that successful again in our lifetime. Right. And to try and chase that is, is just folly. Yeah. Make good movies and let the, let the world build itself. Yeah, I thoroughly agree with you, Mark. That's a great way uh, to put it. I think I don't think the Cavill sequel is happening either. I think the uh, Affleck and Cavill are kind of like the foundation from the Snyderverse, and I don't think they want to have any more of Snyder connection to it. If they do... They might relaunch it new with if they kept Cavill, yeah. they would say completely new. These movies didn't yeah. happen. No, but, man, it still but, never happened. And I mean, we're in such a reboot society now; things can get rebooted sure. two weeks after they're canceled. I sure. mean, we're, I just, they just announced another Dark Shadows reboot. Yeah, yeah, the yeah ninth, it's a TV series, the ninth yeah, yeah, yeah. in the past yeah. twenty years. So I think with, I think Aquaman could have gone the way of the Dodo as well with Jason Momoa if it hadn't made money. But the fact that it did puts it there. But Wonder Woman is an anomaly on its own because Patty Jenkins didn't want anything attached to Ezra Miller of it all is going to be very interesting. If he stays, then I don't think no Muschietti's going to that's going to be recast. Totally going to recast too, which is why I think you would have to recast Superman. 
see Finn Wolfhard in this Machete Flash? Dude, could you see? No, that? he's too. He's too little. Okay, all right. no. All right. I'm just saying, throwing it out there, just ideas. All right, well, thanks everybody for watching this live episode of Clyde and Movie Talk. Always appreciate you all taking the time to watch or to listen to us and our crazy opinions about movies and entertainment. It's always fun. Of course, learned opinions as well. I don't want to insult my panelists. I speak in facts only. <laughs> That's for sure. Everyone knows that. Uh, Mark Andrego, thanks so much for stopping by. What do you got going on right now? Anything you want to plug? Uh, wrapping up Supergirl for DC. Got a couple other comic projects coming around. Got mm-hmm. some maybe some stuff that can be announced on Movie Talk in the next couple of months. If, if the gods smile, but as you know, on Hollywood. Though. Anyway, all right. Thanks everybody I for watching. Like set up. For watching Collider Movie Talk. We'll talk to you next uh, day. Tomorrow. Yeah, Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thanks to Adam Smith in the booth. Thanks to Dorian Parks on the chat. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Stay little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast. From negative to positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary.